Tonight we will be looking at 1 Corinthians 12, um, verses 12 through 26. Before we jump into our text, it is important that we look at the context of the passage. So 1 Corinthians is a letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to the church located in the city of Corinth. Paul founded and established this church, and he stayed in the city for a year and a half, teaching, discipling, and helping the gospel to flourish. A couple of important things to know about the city of Corinth is that it is an extremely important and significant providence in the Roman Empire. So because of this, it was a prosperous and influential city where people highly valued status and the recognition of others. In this text we are going to be looking at tonight, Paul is no longer with the Corinthians, but is writing a letter to them in response to his hearing about there being great division within the church. Because of the Corinthians' cultural background of living in a city that values status, prominence, and recognition, members of the Corinthian church were stuck in their old ways and habits of thinking and began to use their gifting from, giftings from God for the wrong reasons. Before we get into our scripture, we also need to look at the surrounding passages. As Pastor Taylor has mentioned many times, it is extremely imperative to always read scripture in context so that we do not attach our own meaning and ideas to scriptures. Hold on real quick, guys. My computer's glitching. Technical difficulties, one moment. Okay, so before we get into our scripture tonight, we also need to look at the surrounding passages. As Pastor Taylor has mentioned many times, it is imperative to always read scriptures in context so that we do not attach our own meaning and ideas to the scriptures. Rather, our goal is to discover the author's intended meaning. So in 1 Corinthians 12, 1 through 11, which is right before our text, uh, Paul addresses the church about the different kinds of spiritual gifts a person can have. He explains that every gift comes from God and is given to each person by the Holy Spirit, just as he determines. And as I mentioned, there had been a problem of disunity within the church. So these gifts were being used competitively and individually rather than for the benefit of one another. The Corinthians' desire for status had distorted the way that they chose to use their spiritual giftings. Their motivations were to be seen by others, but Paul explained that the intended purpose of these giftings were to um, be used for the common good of each other. So for this context, from this context, we understand that God gives gifts to individual members of the church, but the purpose of these gifts um, is to be used for the common good, to help, to serve, to love, and encourage each other. We also know that it is the same Holy Spirit that gives each person these spiritual gifts. The gifts are not the same, but can be a variety of gifts, yet God distributes them just as he determines, because each one has a unique purpose. So now that we've taken a look at the context, let's jump into our passage for tonight. As Emily comes up to read our text, please stand and turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 12 through 26. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit <clears throat> we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. In the foot, If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, 
that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again to the head to the again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And on those parts of the body we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor, and our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which our more presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, and there may be no division in the body, that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together, and if one member is honored, all rejoice together. Thank you, Emily. This is the word of the Lord. You guys can be seated. So let's begin by looking at verses 12 through 14. Paul says, Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. So here Paul is using a metaphor of a physical body to describe to the church of Corinth how the body of Christ is to function. The term body of Christ includes all Christ followers, although in this specific instance, Paul is talking about the church in Corinth in particular. Paul explains that just like a human body has many parts yet still forms one singular body, so it is with the body of Christ. Each person of the church is a part of the body. No one is the whole body. But all parts are needed to make up the body. In verse 13, Paul explains that being baptized in the Holy Spirit is what has unified believers with Christ and with each other and has formed them into one body. He also explains that none are disqualified from being a part of the body, whether Jew or Gentile, slave or free. And in verse 14, Paul stresses again that the body is not made up of one singular part, but of many to show the need for diversity within the church. Thomas Schreiner comments, Since the gifts come from the Spirit and are sovereignly assigned, there is no basis for pride or arrogance, as if the gifts represent one's own spirituality or excellence. The gifts are given, the gifts given are diverse, but they are given for the good of the community as a whole. Thus, the diversity is intended to promote unity within the church. So as we talked about earlier, um, the Corinthians have struggled with division and with using the spiritual gifts for the wrong reasons. In our scripture, Paul is bringing correction and teaching the church that they are to be unified even though there is diversity. In verses 15 through 20, Paul continues with his metaphor of the body. In this section, he is stressing that each part is uniquely significant and is needed to create the body as a whole. Paul says, 
Now, if the foot should say, because I am not the hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If all were one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. Imagine if you were on a baseball or softball team, and every single person on the team was a pitcher. You'd have no first, second, third baseman, no shortstop, no outfielders. All the team could do was throw the baseball to the batter. That would be the absolute worst team, and there would be no way they would ever be able to have a chance at winning. Why? Because every position is needed. Every individual position makes up the team as a whole. The positions are not the same. They are different in functions and purposes. But when they work together with the others, they make a united team. If everyone was the pitcher, there would be no team. So here's how we can summarize verses um, 15 through 20. Each part belongs to the body, whether they're an ear, an eye, or a nose. Each part has different functions and purposes, but one is not more significant than the other. They are all needed. Each part is uniquely made for the purpose that it was designed. Joseph Fitzmaier comments, God has made the human body to be a unit. Despite the diversity of members, which are not all uniform in structure or function, the purpose of each body member is to function in tandem with the other parts. If a part of the body does not, then the body stops being united as one. Each part has a unique function and purpose that differs from the function and purposes of the other body parts. The body member must function as it is designed to, or the whole body will suffer. So although there is diversity within the individual parts, there is also unity as they are each part of a whole. Through this metaphor, Paul is referring to how the Corinthians each have been given unique spiritual giftings from God for a specific purpose. No person's gift is less significant than the others as they all serve a purpose in glorifying God and building up the body of Christ through their unique gift. Because of the Corinthians' distorted cultural view, they would use their giftings as a means for selfish gain because, of the des- because the desire for status and honor drove them. Some giftings were seen as more prestigious because the person would be in the limelight and receive the praises of others as they were seen. In contrast, other giftings were considered less prestigious because they were behind the scenes. However, Paul teaches that each person and gifting are needed and serve a unique purpose. Let's read verses 21 through 26 again. The eye cannot say to the hand, I do not need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I do not need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty, while while our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division within the body. But its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. 
Again, Paul is saying that regardless of what body part you are or what giftings you have, you cannot say that another person is not needed. The Corinthian church would treat some people as more honorable, prestigious, or having higher status depending on how spiritual, how much wisdom, or what giftings they had. While others were considered to be second-class Christians being treated as less honorable and of lower status, and Paul rejects this kind of thinking. And we today can easily fall into this same kind of thinking. In the culture we live in, we are told that someone is valuable based on their status. We believe that our worth comes from what others think about us. Our culture teaches us to find our identity and our education, career, wealth, family, friends, and social status. It is normal to be honored for success and popularity if someone goes to college and is well-educated, has a good-paying job, has a well-put-together family then they are seen as more valuable, while people who are poor, uneducated, or different are considered as less. We create division by placing value on people as if we, were, we are not all made in the very image and likeness of God, because that is where our worth truly comes from. Our worth comes from being children of God and from what Jesus has done for us on the cross. And this is what the Corinthians did not understand. They too believed the lie that their culture told them, that being seen by others is what matters most. In verses 23 through 24, Paul tells us that the parts of the body that seemingly lack significance are less honorable and presentable, are actually essential to the body, and get greater honor from God so that there is no division within the church. In 1 Corinthians 11, Paul rebukes the Corinthians for their division. He says, In the following directives, I have no praise for you, for your meetings do more harm than good. In the first place, I hear that when you are coming together as a church, there are divisions among you. And to some extent, I believe it. No doubt that there have been, no doubt that there have to be differences among you to show which of you have God's approval. The problem was that the Corinthians were merely putting on performances. There was a competitive spirit in the church because their motivations for using the giftings were utterly self-centered, and this created division within the church. But Paul is teaching that rather than being divided because of their diversity, the church should be united. The Corinthians needed to realize that each person is given gifts with the purpose of building up the body and for the common good. So their motivations in using the gifts should be out of love and concern for one another. We see a similar teaching from Paul in Philippians 2 verses 3 through 4. He says to the church of Philippi, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to the interests to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. So we can sum up this section by saying that each person has unique giftings, but our diversity is not meant to bring division. Rather, God desires unity within his church. When one uses their giftings with the right motivation, out of love and concern for one another, then when one member of the body suffers, all suffer, and when one member is honored, all rejoice. Now that we've taken a look at what this passage of Scripture meant for the original audience, let's see how it relates to us today. As I was reading 1 Corinthians 12, a practical example came to my mind of how the church today functions as a united body with different members. 
Every Tuesday, our church serves a free lunch to those in need at the Hub City Mission. But for the lunch to take place, there is a team of volunteers that come together to make it happen. There are people that come the day before to decorate and set up tables. There are people that come early in the morning to cook and prepare the food. There are people who serve the meals, some that come just to sit with the guests and pray with them. There are people who check in the guests as they come in, people who are in the back washing the dishes, and others who stay after to clean up. All of this to say that there is a whole team of volunteers that have different functions and purposes at the Hub City Mission. However, all the roles are extremely important and necessary to make the lunch happen. But the way that we serve is different. No one can say to another that their service is not needed. Each person is essential. And even though there is diversity, we are all working together towards the same goal, to serve Jesus and meet a need using the unique and different giftings he's given us. God has given each of us gifts. He has created us individually and uniquely in his image to reflect his character and nature. You each have a special contribution that you can make to those around you. And we are all part of a team, whether that's a sports team, a club, our group of friends, or even your family. So what groups of people can you contribute your unique gifts to? Sorry. Uh, what, what group of people can you contribute your unique gifts to? Each of us has something to offer. How can you glorify God with your gifts? Romans 12 says, We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is to serve, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. If you don't know what those giftings are, ask the people closest to you. They will be able to help you see what your natural strengths and characteristics are. I would encourage each of you to figure out how your unique giftings and passions, what your unique giftings and passions are so that you can build up those around you. I want to leave you guys with this big idea. Diversity should not create division, but should allow for every person to bring their contribution to the whole. Each person has been given unique giftings, and it is important that we choose to use our gifts in a way that honors God and builds each other up. So we're going to talk a little bit more about this in our small groups. Um, High school is in the front. Middle school is in the back. Girls are on this side. Boys are on this side. You guys are dismissed.